This is Tennessee Talks with United States Congressman Tim Burchett. Hello, I'm Congressman Tim Burchett, and welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Talks. Today I'm joined by my very good friend, Congressman Byron Donalds, who represents Florida's 19th Congressional District. Byron graduated Florida State University with a degree in finance, or finance as we say in East Tennessee, and marketing, and had a great career in banking, finance, and the insurance industry. I was insurance agent myself. He served in the Florida State Legislature in 2016 for four years before coming to the U.S. House of Representatives in 2021. Byron, Congressman, thank you for joining me here today, brother. It's my pleasure to be here. All right. Tell us a little bit about your story uh, with your experience from a kid growing up in Brooklyn with a single mama to uh, representing the state of Florida in the U.S. House. Man, you know, actually, thinking back on it, it's a little crazy. Like, I grew up like most people, just poor, inner city. Uh, my mom, for her, education was everything. So she wanted me to make sure that I was doing well in school. She didn't want me to cut corners. She wanted me to be focused, disciplined. You know, everything a good mother tells. Good mama. Tells her yep. son. And um, I listened enough, I guess, as you could say. So when I graduated high school, I went to college in Tallahassee. You know, went to Florida State. And got my degree in finance. Like, in New York, we say finance, too. So don't. It's, right. it's a thing. Right we say it that way too. But um, <laughs> you know, after after college, I moved to Southwest Florida, moved to Naples, got married, started having kids, and really was just living life. You know, in my career, doing all that stuff, raising right. my kids, being a husband. Never thought about politics. Like I was apolitical <laughs> my entire life. So even now, when I even now today, I still have friends of mine from high school. They're like, "How is it that you're doing this?" I never talked about news. I never talked about politics. But during my career, I got passionate about it because of the financial collapse in 2008. Got into politics. Actually ran for Congress in 2012. Lost. Best thing that ever happened to me because, especially now, I wasn't ready. Right. I, I'm actually happy that I lost. It was a good thing. And then um, served in the legislature four years, like you said. And when this race came open again, I was actually going to pass. I was going to go back to the private sector, just you know, finish raising my kids and enjoy life. Uh, people really asked me to run, and I got in the race. And they did. I can remember um, in the meetings, and they'd go over <laughs> now the, everybody. I don't know if you're a young gun or not and all that, but I, I wasn't. But I can remember um, after being elected, I'd go to the meetings and talk about people that they were recruiting and how they were hoping that you would you would get back into it and that you knew that you knew how to do it and um, that you were a House member. I spent four years in the Tennessee Legis State House, then 12 years in the Senate, but. A couple of weeks ago, during the um, uh, vote for speaker, you were at the center center of the deal, the tip of the spear, when you were nominated for um, uh, speaker. I was actually in those so-called double secret meetings, <laughs> <laughs> and, and when they when they were doing that, and I was and I was watching your emotion going from um, you know, look, I I got I got a family, and and you know, and and, we, and that was your concern. I think you might have walked out and called your wife. I'm not sure. Um, and um, just walk us through that. What what your emotions were during that? Because it was um, it was uh, intense. It was intense. I mean, first I was, whew, I was all over the place. Anyway, not not all over the place. I knew no. the decisions I made about why I was right. passing my votes in that race. When that came up, it was really about the gravity of the situation. Because until your name is on the board. 
you don't really understand the, the real weight of it. Am Teddy, I doing Teddy the right Roosevelt, thing? the man in the arena, that's brother. Right. That's that's the bottom line. Every you can sit on the sidelines all you want, but yeah. to your butts in the in the ring, man, it's um it's intense. You're right. You're right. When your name is up there, I would, the first my first my first thought was my kids, because uh-huh. you know this Burchett. Yep. This deal in politics moves fast in a hurry, depending on different things that shake out, and so. You know, it's tough enough in this job not seeing my younger sons. Being Speaker of the House means I would hardly ever see him. Nah, you'd never see And that, that weighed <laughs> on me. That was, that was a lot uh, uh, mentally. Then I was thinking about my wife. Well, how would she think? Then I was just thinking about the totality of the situation. Because, yeah, for me, it wasn't just about being Speaker. It's like, what does that all mean? What does it all carry? Do you want to step into that world? Are you prepared to lead in that way? Yeah. So, you know, when I really prayed about it, Talked to my wife about it. Just kind of got to a good place. Agreed to do it. And then it was about, okay, how does this story end? Because this has to come to an end at some point. Right. So You know, and I, and I thought, too, thought you handled it really well. You, you took some attacks, I thought, um, racial. I guess I can say racial, but it was another um, a black member, a female Democrat, who I thought, to me, it, it – that, that kind of stuff sickens me, dude, and I'll be honest with you, because I, I have friends that happen to be black that are very successful, and they, they get the same spears thrown at them, you know, the, the, as we say, uh, and it just a, uh, um, to me it was just, uh, it really showed the ugly underbelly of yeah. what this garbage is all about, and I, you and I have had those one-on-one conversations before, and, um, and I hope I, that... It, uh, uh, in my own redneck way, I've encouraged, <laughs> encouraged you. <laughs> hey, you've, been, you've been good, my friend. You've, right. you've been good. All right, brother. Hey, um, but we both serve on the House Oversight Committee. Mm-hmm. I'm, I know you're going to be first and foremost out front on that. What, what would you, your number one goal in that committee would be? Really to hold the administration accountable. I mean, I think we've seen, especially the last four to six years, <clears throat> where from the Democrats it's been about just getting Trump. And no matter what the situation is, the target's been Trump. Um, I don't want to do that. He was out of office for two years. Dad gummit. Give it a rest. Listen, but, <laughs> Let's but move again, on. you can't. Yeah. But again, they just haven't. And yeah. so what I want it to be about is what's actually happening in the agencies, the oversight that must occur. If there are things that the president is is a part of that have to be brought to the light, then let's bring that to the light as well. But let the evidence speak for itself. Let the, let the investigation speak for themselves. You don't have to puff this stuff up Mm-mm. if you really have something. It, once it's sitting there, people will decipher for themselves what they, what, they, what they want to take out of it. What I just want to make sure is that we do a good job. But, but as a Congress, this Congress, I just don't want to be an investigative Congress. Like I want to be a legislative Congress. You have a ton of ideas. I do. We got colleagues all through this place who have 10 ideas each about ways to make the country better. We gotta take this time period to debate that legislation, pass that legislation, at least tee it up for, for the future political battles that, that the country's gonna face. I think if we do both of those things, it'll be successful. I agree. Um, you know, you've been targeted, I feel, because of your conservative views and you're a black man. And um, I, I wonder, and two, my notes say a black man, but, I, but people get targeted for being conservative. You know, like on a college campus, you, yeah. you know, white kids, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I wonder, 
I wonder, yeah, I know we got a roll here. They're, they're giving me the thing, but we're going we're gonna to finish this thought. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, brother. Um, how, do you, how would you tell other conservatives out there, you know, that closeted conservatives more or less, because they're afraid to come out? What would you tell them to encourage them? Don't be afraid. If, if everybody feels that they, keep, they can be silenced, that's what they want. But every person that stands up and just takes the heat for their thoughts, it makes it less hot for the next person. So for me personally, I don't have a problem taking the arrows, you know, because I understand what really matters is that there's a ton of kids out there who are watching me. And if they see me stand strong, it gives them the courage to stand strong. See, he looks like me. That's what they say. That's what happens. Yeah. So I just want and I don't mean that just in a black or white thing. Yeah. I just, I mean, because the younger kids today are more colorblind than they were uh, in my growing They're up. They're very colorblind right yeah. now. So if they see that coming from us, it gives them the courage to be like, no, I saw I saw Tim Burchard say it, and I'm going to say it. Even though, you know, they could be a country kid from Tennessee. Or I saw Byron say it, and they're a black kid from Florida or from New York, because I was born in Brooklyn, New York. Right That's okay. Um, after the this, this speaker's stuff was done, I was walking on the street right here outside of Longworth. Black guy walked up to, walked up to me on the street. And I was just in regular clothes. And he right. was asking, he's like, are you, are you Byron Donalds? I said, yeah. He goes, hey, I'm just, I'm a young guy, 25. I have my own business. He was like, but I watched what you were doing. That was really impressive. It made me think about some things. If we can accomplish that, all of this is worth it. 100%, 100%. One last thing before we get to the, the final question. What do you think we can do in, in Congress to look after hardworking mamas, uh, hardworking folks like your mama and, and single moms that are out there that watch this thing? Ooh. The biggest one, I think, energy policy. What is, what's hurting so many families is the cost of electricity, the cost of propane. You know, the cost of that. Heating, listen, that essential thing that you got to do. You got to heat your home, cool yeah. your home. Man, I remember growing up, my mama would be like, boy, turn that light off. You, you're not paying the light bill. Have you seen this light bill? I think that's the number one thing. Energy I, feeds into everything. That I didn't have central heat and air growing up. We had a ceiling fan. And uh, if you weren't out of bed by 8.30 in the morning in the summer in, in East Tennessee, you were stuck to the sheets because you sweat. I mean, man, it was just the way it was. We had a window unit downstairs, and when it turned on, the whole house would shake. Okay, oh, yeah. one last question. Okay. You get to ask me anything you want. Anything you want. Anything? And, yeah, but if, it's, if I don't want to answer it, we'll just edit it out. But go ahead. My only question is, I've really only known you with the beard. I need to see the Tim Burchett without the beard. What do y'all think about that? That's yeah. what I need to we're see. doing a poll. We're doing a poll. Oh, yeah? We're going to do a poll on Twitter, and, and we're going to see, and I might just acquiesce, because I got into a fight with my wife over this thing, and um, she won. She wanted me to grow the beard. And so, uh, you know. Oh, well, never mind. Do what your wife tells <laughs> yeah. you. Just do what your wife tells you. <laughs> Words of wisdom. All right. Well, hey, well, I got to get you out of here, Byron. I made, I told your folks I'd get you out, but it's been great having you here, brother, and it's always a pleasure. You're my friend. The Sunshine State's lucky to have a guy like you in their delegation. I look forward to. You have the beach in your del in your issue. I sure do. Well, I need to the come best down. Best in the world. I need Naples, to... Fort Myers, Marco Island. Seriously? Although Mark, Fort Myers will rebuild in after the hurricane. Right on. But Naples and Marco Island right. is back. So my girls great. love the water, so maybe we'll come down and visit. Uh, just you know, official business. Of course, of course. official, official. Yeah. All right. Hey, y'all. I'm Congressman Tim Birch. I want to thank everybody for viewing another episode of our Tennessee Talks. Thank my dear friend Byron Donalds for coming in with me. Um, and again, thank y'all for sending me here.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Tennessee Talks. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep up with Congressman Burchett by following Rep. Tim Burchett on Twitter and Instagram and Congressman Tim Burchett on Facebook and YouTube.